Hello and welcome to The Long Short, a new podcast brought to you by AIMA, the Alternative Investment Management Association, focusing on the very latest insights on hedge funds and private credit. My name is Drew Nicholl. AIMA is the global representative of the alternative investment industry, with around 2,000 corporate members spread across 60 countries. Of these, our fund manager members account for approximately 2 trillion in hedge fund and private credit assets. Each bi-weekly episode of The Long Short will examine topical areas of interest from across the alternative investment universe, with views, news and analysis delivered by AIMA's global team, as well as a host of industry experts. So, whether you are a hedge fund or private credit industry veteran, a student of the industry, or just someone interested in learning more about hedge funds and private credit, this podcast will be your ideal companion to help navigate you through the long and short of this fascinating industry. I'm very pleased to be joined today by Adam Jacobs-Dean, who is Head of Markets, Governance and Innovation at AIMA and part of our broader government and regulatory affairs team. And Adam is here today to discuss the hot topic of responsible investment in ESG. Adam, welcome to The Long Short. Thanks, Tree. So for those of us in the industry, we hear about ESG almost every day. But for those of us who aren't, could you tell us a little bit about what we mean when we speak about ESG and how that relates to responsible investment more broadly? Certainly happy to. So ESG stands for environmental, social and governance. And essentially, these are factors of analysis that you might consider in the context of whether to buy or sell securities or uh, in the context of how to design your portfolio overall. So just to explain that a bit more, um, you can, in the context of investments, look at financial factors associated with a particular company that you might be interested in investing in. So what do its revenues look like? What have, what have its profits been? But if you're taking more of an ESG mindset, you start thinking about the company's exposures to a broader set of risks, these environmental, social and governance considerations. And these risk exposures might bring uh, uh, downside challenges, but they might also represent opportunities. So if you consider a company with highly carbon intensive operations and you're thinking about investing in that company, you might be interested to know if you're taking an ESG mindset, how exposed that company will be to climate change considerations. What if policymakers introduce a carbon tax? How would that affect that company's valuation? Or if you invest in a textiles production factory, you might be interested in how that company treats its workers. Are there any health and safety considerations that might lead to potential regulatory risks or challenges in terms of its performance? And ultimately, the question you're trying to arrive at is, do I still want to invest in this company? Uh, Are there actually benefits to investing in this company? Or at the same time, are there ways in which I can engage with this company to make it change its operations in a way that will enhance long-term value for me as an investor? So that's a a quick intro to ESG. Um, ESG does get a lot of airtime, but it's worth bearing in mind that it is one approach in the broader field of responsible investment. And just to say a bit more about the broader space of responsible investment, one of the original responsible investment techniques was uh, screening and is still practiced very widely across the industry, also referred to sometimes as socially responsible investing. And under a screening-based approach, firms will, as a matter of reflecting their ethical uh, values or broader societal norms 
take a view that they won't invest in particular sectors. So, for example, a very common screen across investment management services, including in the hedge fund sector, is to say we won't invest in any company that produces controversial weapons, so landmines, cluster munitions. So screening is a, another element of the Responsible Investment Toolkit that's widely practiced today. Another approach within responsible investment is impact investing. So here the focus is less on understanding how your investments are exposed to particular ESG risks, for example, and more about understanding the contribution your investments can make to the world around you. So for example, if you're investing in a wind farm, that might be a way to achieve financial returns, but also support the transition to cleaner forms of energy production. So from an impact investing standpoint, that might be something that appeals. So it's worth flagging up front that ESG is, is an important theme and an important aspect of responsible investment, but there are other elements of responsible investment alongside that. And so what's driving interest in responsible investment now? So part of it is simply the increasing sophistication of firms' risk management processes. So these are uh, factors, particularly when we're talking about ESG investing, that may not have had such close attention in the past that are now getting more consideration. So firms are demonstrating that they are more sophisticated in how they consider risk and also opportunity. But alongside that, there are, there are external pressures as well, one is uh, investor interest, and it, it's probably the dominant one when it comes to external factors that influence investment managers. There is, it's worth saying, a strong correlation between the age of investors and their desire for investments that match their beliefs when it comes to climate risk or ethical considerations. So increasingly, in trying to appeal to that investor base, managers will have to think more about uh, responsible investment and ESG considerations. And then alongside the investor interest, we're also seeing much greater focus from the regulatory community on how firms approach responsible investment, ESG, how they market their products, what they say to investors about their intentions when it comes to responsible investment, and whether in practice their investment approach matches up with what they've told investors. And that Regulatory interest is reflected in a huge raft of rules that are being written for investment managers. This is already a highly regulated sector, but we're seeing much more when it comes to responsible investment. And so you, you've mentioned uh, regulation there. And so just, just turning to that specifically, in terms of a regulatory context, what should people be watching out for? As I noted before, one of the interests of regulators is making sure that when investment managers offer services to clients and investors, what they offer is actually what they provide. And in the context of investor interest in greener investments, we hear a lot about this concept of greenwashing. So that would in practice mean that you hold yourself out as having a focus on uh, issues related to climate. But when it comes down to it in practice, in terms of your actual investments, you, you don't uh, follow through on what you've said to investors. So regulators are very keen to make sure that investors are not ultimately missold. And the premise of a lot of the regulation we're seeing is to avoid that and to do so through disclosure rules for investment managers, according to which an investment manager has to explain to its investors what its product does when it comes to 
ESG considerations or sustainability risks, as they're sometimes referred to in certain regulatory regimes. And then after the actual event, after it's invested, to explain to investors how it's achieved the assertions that it made in its marketing activities. So we've seen a whole raft of regulatory requirements, particularly in the European Union, increasingly now in the UK, and we're expecting more to come in the US as well. Great. Thank you, Adam. And with that, we will go to a brief interlude. This fall, the AMA Global Investor Forum will be returning virtually October 12th through 15th. Last year's event convened 460 attendees from 26 countries, making it the Global Investor Conference for the Global Association. This year, we'll be back with all new speakers in a new format of interactive Meet the Allocator Coffee Chats, allowing participants to make real connections in a virtual environment, no matter where they are in the world. We'll also be raising money for an important cause, with 20% of all ticket sales donated to charities that help fund critical support for child abuse prevention and treatment work on behalf of vulnerable children from around the world. So join leaders from Hawaii Employees Retirement System, APG, National Bank of Abu Dhabi, State of Wisconsin Investment Board, Casa Depot, Alborn Partners, and more, and register today. Learn more at ama.org events. Welcome back. I'm joined by Adam Jacobs-Dean, who leads AMA's Responsible Investment Efforts. So it sounds like there's a lot going on in the ESG regulatory space, but could you give us a specific example of something that listeners should be on top of right now? Sure. So the piece of regulation I'd probably point to is the SFDR, as it's referred to, the Sustainable Finance Disclosures Regulation which essentially is a framework according to which investment managers need to provide information to their investors about their products and their approach to sustainability considerations or ESG factors more broadly. And SFDR as a piece of regulation differentiates between products based on the degree to which they focus on ESG considerations. So essentially the rules are tiered. Um, the more claims you make about products, the more information you have to provide to investors to back up those claims, to demonstrate that you're not greenwashing when it comes to the assertions you make. So it's important in practice to know where your products sit within that overall tiering, how, um, how they should be classified according to, to the rules. That in practice, though, is, is not a straightforward assessment to make. There's, a, there's certainly a, an area where there's a lot of question marks about how products should be categorised for the purposes of the rules. And that's important, as I say, because the rules differ by product. More similarly, uh, another challenge people face is that some of the requirements apply to firms based outside of the European Union when they sell their products to investors in the EU. And again, it's challenging in practice to, to work out which elements precisely of the, the regulation firms outside the EU need to follow. So it's, it's essentially a, a good way of um, explaining or demonstrating that even where you have regulatory requirements that are finalised and you can read through them, in practice it can often be quite challenging to make sense of them or apply them in a real world context. And that's where there's a role for bodies like AMA to try and help uh, firms cut through some of that noise and make sense of what rules mean in practice rather than what the words say on the paper. So turning to hedge funds specifically then, how are they embracing responsible investment? 
I would say up front, there's no one size fits all approach that firms can follow. When I give the somewhat textbook description of what responsible investment is and what ESG investing is, it's easy to pick out examples that maybe make it seem straightforward, but in practice, it really isn't. Um, you might consider that some of our members won't have direct investments in companies. Their investments might be to uh, sovereign issuers, or they might invest in companies in a way that doesn't give them direct voting rights. So it's harder for them to encourage companies to change their practices. Or take the example of a fund that has short positions. How do you look at those positions from the point of view of their contribution to managing climate risk exposures? So there is a whole uh, question of how you make responsible investment work in the context of strategies beyond those that involve investing in the shares of big uh, developed market corporations. The key data here for many of our members is one of data availability. Um, if you're investing in companies that don't have information on their practices that you would need to make an analysis of, of how they perform um, on ESG criteria, you may well be very reliant on third party data providers, and they will approach the question of uh, analysis of different corporations or sectors in different ways. And so there is a major reliance on uh, data providers, but at this point in time, they approach the, the analysis in very different ways without always providing a huge de degree of transparency about their um, methodology. So data throughout our discussions is always at the fore of managers' minds. So Adam, on behalf of those hedge funds listening now, what should they be doing today to stay ahead in the ESG space? So the, the thing I would say is that firms should consider as a first priority is whether they have the underlying governance structure that they need to steer their approach when it comes to responsible investment and ESG. As I said, there's no, unfortunately, there's no one size fits all approach that every firm will be able to follow because the reality is that how you approach responsible investment really does have to reflect how you're set up, the way in which you trade, what you have in your portfolio. And in terms of developing a governance structure around this work, firms might want to think about who they involve internally, because it's worth flagging that different stakeholders, different employees within the business will have a different mindset when it comes to responsible investment. So, for example, portfolio manager is likely to be more interested in maximising returns from investment. Somebody on the marketing side is more likely to be interested in responding to the external demand they see from investors for more ESG-oriented products. Somebody on the compliance side might be more interested in mitigating any risk around greenwashing or dealing with regulatory considerations. So you can see straight away there's a whole host of perspectives that you want to build into your approach to responsible investment. At the same time, another key question is where you want the emphasis to be. So for some firms, this is very much about taking an approach that looks at how you're investing and whether that investment approach fully encompasses ESG considerations, whether you need to uh, take a different view on the investments that you have. On the other hand, some firms are much more focused on making sure that they themselves as businesses 
operate in a way that is mindful of ESG considerations. So do they manage their environmental footprint? How do they treat staff in a way that motivates and encourages them to buy into the long-term success of the firm? And so that's another strategic question. And I know that AIMA has created many resources to help members and the wider industry thrive in a market that has been increasingly dominated by ESG-related trends. But could you just tell us a little bit about what those are and where they can be accessed? Sure. So members will on our website find a whole host of guidance material. So we've developed guidance on formulating a responsible investment policy. That's a good place to look if you want to an early stage overview of what that process might entail. We've produced guidance on how to approach the question of responsible investment at the level of the management company. I mentioned earlier this question about how you look at your own environmental footprint, how you treat your staff, what your governance arrangements look like. We've produced a guide on short selling and responsible investment, an area that's attracted a lot of discussion. So we look at how you might account for short exposures in the context of looking at your overall exposure to carbon risks. And we're also working at the moment on a guide on environmental integration, how you look at environmental risks with a particular focus on the task force for climate related financial disclosures, because that's at the centre of the UK's work to build a regulatory regime in respect of responsible investment. So we have a huge variety of resources available to members, all of which are accessible on the website. We're also obviously happy to chat to firms individually about what we're hearing and the approaches that they're taking and where they see a need potentially for industry guidance and standards in the future to help them in this area. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us here on The Long Short. And uh, obviously, responsible investing in ESG will be a topic that we will come back to again and again. So we'll certainly have to have you back on to speak about that soon. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. The Long Short was brought to you by AMA, the Alternative Investment Management Association, the global representative of the alternative investment industry. Among the next topics to be covered include the increasing interest from hedge funds in digital assets, and an exclusive to Long Short listeners, a sneak peek at new market research to be published in late October, which examines how hedge funds are evolving their business model coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic. New podcasts will be available every other Wednesday on our website, aima.org, as well as through our social media channels and Spotify. So subscribe now to stay up to date. Thanks for listening.